0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allantempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture previously read to your hearing came from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. I will lift up two verses as the focus verses for today. Verses 38 and 39, and it reads as thus, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm. This morning, as we reflect on these verses, I've titled this message, The Promise of the Attachment. The Promise of the Attachment. Let us pray. Abba Father, it is time for the preaching hour. You have called me to this. Holy Spirit, arrest me with your presence now. And Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart truly be acceptable in thy sight. For you are my rock and my redeemer. It is in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I was in the hair salon and there were about four to six women there we were very close in proximity, making it easy to overhear the conversations that were going on around me. Well one conversation my ears were tuned to was a lady speaking about having her identity stolen. She said it was almost a two year long process of getting everything resolved. Some folks sold her social security number and proceeded to get a car loan a house loan, and to make matters even worse, they also sold her social security number to other people. She said she can remember going downtown and getting a copy of her birth certificate, getting it notarized and sending it to the proper individuals to prove who she was, and that she had not attempted to make any of those purchases, much less apply for any of those loans. She mentioned it felt like a violation and the uncertainty of the lack of security she didn't feel that she had. My hairdresser expressed her sympathy for what she had endured and asked if the situation improved by her receiving a new social security number. The lady replied with a chuckle, no matter how frustrating this has been, a new number is never given to you. You are attached to that same number until death. I couldn't believe what I heard. No matter all the issues she had endured, she is still attached to that same number. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, there's no way I heard her correctly. I then inserted myself into the conversation <laughs> and gently said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to eardrop on your conversation. But did I hear you say correctly, you were not issued a new number considering all that you had endured? and it took almost two years to get that rectified? She turned to me and said, yes, you heard correctly. No matter what you go through in the process of your number being stolen, you are attached to that number until you die. Mm -hmm. To say that I was not surprised is an understatement. I could not comprehend the travesty, the emotion, the mistrust, and the insecurity involved when someone's identity is stolen only to maintain and still be attached to that same nine digit number. Mm. Then I began to process and think about the different attachments that are formed in our lives. Attachments can be emotional, social, or even related to objects or ideas. Mm-hmm. So if you can indulge me a little bit, I will share with you seven examples of attachment we commonly have. The first, social attachments. These attachments refer to our relationships with other people, such as our family, our friends, our colleagues, or our partners. Mm -hmm. We form emotional bonds with individuals we care about and rely on them for support, companionship, and a sense of Mm well-being. Number two, we have parental attachments. The attachment between parents and their children is characterized by love, care, and protection. Children often rely on their parents for immer- emotional security, guidance, and nurturing. Number three, we have romantic attachments. Romantic attachments involve a deep emotional connections and often include feelings of love, intimacy, and attraction. They form the basis of our romantic relationships and are characterized by a sense of partnership, trust, and mutual support. Number four, we also have material attachments. Material attachments refer to our emotional connections to physical objects. These attachments can be sentimental, such as treasuring keepsakes that hold personal significance to us. We sometimes form attachments to possessions that provide us with comfort or a sense of identity. Number five, cultural attachments. Cultural attachments involve our connection to a particular culture, heritage, or community. We often feel a sense of belonging, shared identity, and loyalty towards our cultural groups. These attachments can shape our values, our beliefs, and our behaviors. Number six, and I'm getting to the seventh one, are career attachments. Mm. Many individuals form attachments to their careers or professions. They may find fulfillment, purpose, identity through their work. Career attachments can involve a sense of achievement, ambition, and dedication to a particular field. And the last, ideological attachments. Ideological attachments refer to our emotional connections to certain ideas, beliefs, and ideologies. These attachments can be related to religious or political beliefs, philosophical perspectives, or social causes. People often feel strongly about their ideologies and may form communities or engage in activism based on these attachments. Now keep in mind, and here's the caveat, that attachments can evolve, evolve or change over time as we grow and experience yeah. new situations and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, this doesn't apply to the attachment to our social security number. So, after all these examples I've given you regarding the common attachments formed in our, in our lives, let me ask you to ponder on this question Which attachments do you believe or are convinced will endure? no matter the circumstances, offering you an unshakable security. Think about that. Well, let me just tell you, every attachment that I just mentioned can be detached or separated in one way or form. Mm -hmm. Social attachments, where family and friends or colleagues can end at any given point. Parental attachments. How How many parents do we know that don't speak to their children and vice versa? The romantic attachments, Mm -hmm. they fall out, couples break up, marriages end in divorce. Our material attachments, those things that used to be sentimental, no longer are sentimental to us. The cultural attachment, the minute the community is not on your side, or we no longer feel a sense of loyalty, it no longer shapes our values, beliefs, any longer. uh. Then you have the career attachments, Mm -hmm. we quit our jobs, We retire, unfortunately you get fired. We no longer feel a purpose or identity or fulfillment in it. And lastly, our ideological attachment. Let a particular party affiliation offend us or something catastrophic happens within a religious denomination. We're thinking about the next denomination to be a part of. So explain to me what true security and promise do these attachments really have if they can easily be detached? So now let us look at the relevance of our text regarding the promise of a secure, eternal, and everlasting attachment. To fully grasp the verses 38 and 39 in context, we must first comprehend what the Apostle Paul tells us in in this chapter of chapter 8, Romans of chapter 8. You see, Paul focuses on the assurance of salvation and the security of believers in Christ. Paul makes a powerful argument about the love of God. So journey with me as I give you a little bit of synopsis of the Romans chapter 8. Paul starts off in the first verse of the chapter with a declaration letting us know that there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that simply means there is no unfavorable judgment against you from God. You have been offered freedom from sin. Then Paul goes on to speak about how the ministry of the Holy Spirit works in our life. In verses eight and nine, Paul tells us, when we became a Christian, the Spirit of God came to live in us. And Paul also reiterates for us in verses 14 and 15, if we walk according to the spirit as God desires, we're not only going to be sons and daughters of God, but we are going to be his adoptive children. And understanding that in the times back when Paul's time, when you were adopted into a family, that simply means that you have every right to the heir of that particular family. And the main right that Paul mentions is regarding intimacy with God when we pray, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, the intimacy of that simply means referring to God as Daddy or Papa. And you just know when you pray in those words that Papa or Daddy is listening. Paul also lets you know that there's, there's let you know that not a so favorable responsibility of a, being adopted as God's children is this, becoming co-heirs of Christ, which simply means if Christ suffered, guess what? We are going to suffer as well. well. Yeah. But he also reminds us not to focus on our suffering because the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. Paul continues on to talk more about suffering in the context of our sufferings, and that hope is needed. You see, it's the hope, it's that joyful expectation that about the future, a trust that our tomorrow will be greater than yesterday's. Then Paul continues on to tell us, know that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in our times of weakness. And Pastor Marriott prayed that in his prayer. When we don't know what to pray, When everything is going on wrong, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Then we get to one of my favorite verses in the book of Romans, chapter eight, verse 28. That all things work together for the good of those who love God, and that God is working in our lives for our good according to, not our good, but according to his purpose. And then Paul reminds us in verse 30 that simply, God finishes what he starts. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorifies. It is the guarantee for all those that believe. And after Paul presents us with all this information, Paul asks the simple question, how can we respond to all of this? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can overrule everything that God has already ordained and said? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if you just saw what I did. I literally took you through a journey of the assurance of the Christian life as described by Paul, filled with many promises. Now. Let us jump to the verses for today, the last two verses of that chapter. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in the verses leading to that particular, those particular verses, Paul describes various external challenges and trials believers may face, including suffering, persecution, spiritual opposition. However, he emphasizes that no circumstances can break the bond between God and his people. He lists a range of possible threats, which I just read, death, supernatural beings, angels or demons, powers, cosmic forces, and asserts that none of these things, anything that transcends time or space, can overcome and break, or break, the love of God for his followers. Church, this is the promise of the attachment. It is simply God's love for those who believe. You know, a couple of months ago, I was, I, was, I was with a couple of friends and we were celebrating something, and I don't know if it was my graduation or, or, or my birthday, since they were both in the same month. One of my friends looked over at me, she said, man, Nefti, you're loved. And I thought about that. I'll, yeah, I can, you know, shrug my shoulders back and say, yeah, I have a lot of people that love me. But you know what? You know what I realized at that moment? Those very people that say they love me, At at, at any given point, anything can happen, and those those attachments can be detached and disconnected. But you know what I thought about? Man, there's nothing like the love of Jesus Christ in my life, who I know that will never leave me nor forsake me, that will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory. Because if I delight myself in the Lord, he says that he will give me the desires of my heart. And that if I seek his kingdom and his righteousness, that all these things, the provisions, will be added on to me. Mm -hmm. God promised me if I call on him, he will answer. So what human being, person, or thing, which is a a noun, that can be given to you, that you can say with surety and security that no matter what can love you in that manner. Mm. Paul assures us as believers that regardless of the challenges we face in life, we can have the confidence that God's love is constant, unwavering. It provides comfort and encouragement, reminding Christians that our relationship is secure with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that nothing in this world or beyond has the power to separate from His love you know oftentimes this is this this test can be a little bit grappling for some christians or theologians that says as a, you know famous words are you can lose your salvation a lot of people talk about this particular test as opposed to you can lose it. but you know what i want to know how is that possible when the lord says once you believe in me you have eternal life so that kind of contradicts everything. But I can tell you this, we as human beings go through circumstances in our life because the enemy's job is to still kill, and destroy that will make us think and feel that God doesn't love us. Mm-hmm. And I said the key word, feel. And I'm glad my relationship is not based on my feelings when it comes to God because he said no one can snatch you out of my hand, not even yourself. It's sealed deal. God loves us. If you believe in Jesus Christ, his son, it is a sealed deal and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. That's an attachment that can never be broken, no matter how hard you try. And I know there might be some of you here today, you know what you're thinking? Well, God can't possibly love me because of what I've done. can I tell you something? If that's the case, God can't possibly love me for what I have done. But I know he does. Because if he didn't, I wouldn't be standing here right now talking to all of you. Amen? Amen. And sometimes we, we allow the aspect of not feeling worthy to make us think that God doesn't love us. We are made in his image. How could he not love us? We allow shame and guilt to be a prisoner within ourselves to make it seem like God doesn't love us. And God says to you, it doesn't matter what you think of yourself. It doesn't matter what you do. Because my love transcends all time and space. And I love you to the very end through my son, Jesus Christ that I gave up for you, so that you might have eternal life. If that's not love, I don't know what is. And we allow situations and circumstances, and Paul talks about it. It's those sufferings that we go through But what I love about it is how he ends. He starts off with telling you at the very beginning, there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Then in the middle, he tells you all things work together. No matter what you're going through, all things work together for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And then he declares at the end, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ our Lord. Isaiah 54, 10 says, for the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love may not depart from you. Let me ask you this question again. Which attachments do you believe or are you convinced will endure no matter what the circumstances, offering you unshakable security. Well, I hope your response is it is the promise of the attachment, which is God's love. Amen. Amen.